Hi, my name's Nick Smith, founder and creator of Part-Time Pilot. Now, after three years, five flight instructors, and over $22,000 out of my bank account, I was finally able to achieve my dream and become a private pilot. Now, I have a bachelor's and master's in aerospace engineering and over 10 years experience as a flight test engineer. So if it was that difficult for someone like me, no wonder eight out of 10 student pilots never end up becoming a pilot. So this is why I created Part-Time Pilot, and this is why I'm creating this podcast. This podcast will be your audio ground school and just another way part-time pilot is making flight training easier and more consumable for you. So with over 300 students and counting that have used our content to pass the FAA private pilot exams, I hope that you can use this podcast to become the next student to do so. So thank you and I hope you enjoy listening to the part-time pilot audio ground school podcast hey what's up future pilots this is nick smith from part-time pilot here on another episode episode 14 of the audio ground school podcast so so far episodes 1 through 13 we've gone through all the lessons not all the lessons but we've gone through every single episode we've been going through lessons of our online ground school, parttimepilot.com. I wanted to throw some, some episodes in there here and there that are not stuff that is specifically ground school content, but it's sort of extra stuff that we have in our online ground school bonus content that helps you in other ways. So it's not just the, the information, but it's helpful. And so today I want to bring you a five-step study hack guide. I want to bring that to you in an audio format. It's a thing I did. I asked a lot of students, you know, what their major issues were with the ground knowledge. And one of the most common answers, almost like 70% of people said, it's overwhelming. There's so much stuff to do. And I can't get a good grasp, good fundamental understanding of it because there's so much and I end up procrastinating it because of my busy schedule. So all that around there, you know, procrastination, overwhelm, stuff like that. So I, I came up with some way to help. I have taken a lot, a lot of tests in my life. I obviously went through, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, like most people. But then I, I went on to to a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering and then a master's degree in aerospace engineering and then my pilot's license and my instructor's license ground instructor's license so i've done a lot of tests and then also through my job as a flight test engineer i uh not those i did create tests for for flight tests but also i had to get certified as a test director a flight test director uh, through both my company and the government. So, so I've taken a lot of tests where I've had to study and I've had to, you know, pass it, whether it's multiple choice, oral, or some sort of written exam. And I've, I'm not just saying this to brag, but I, I've never failed a test. And when I reflected on that and, and looked back and thought like, wow, I've taken, I've taken a lot of tests and to have never failed is, is quite the accomplishment. So what is it about me? you know, that, that, or what have I done that, that allows me to have never failed a test. And it's not that I'm smarter than people. It really isn't. It's the, the discipline and, and sort of consistency 
that I have. I, I guess I, I was just born with it, but I realized that that is a learned skill. That's something that people can learn. That's something that people can implement in their lives. It, it could be hard, but it is a learned skill, which is super exciting because it's, it's not like we had to be born like Einstein, right? We just have to learn these consistent habits and, and make these things habits and we can really, really accomplish anything. So this is what I came up with. It's called a five-step study hack and it's ways to, to get rid of that overwhelm and get rid of that procrastination so that you can, you can make a plan and you can get through your ground school in a month, three months, six months, whatever fits your schedule. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about that as I go through this. And I think this should just take one episode but, but we'll see. So let me just sort of go through this. I, I have this written down in a PDF and I can, maybe I'll put this in the show notes for you guys. It came, came with some videos, so I'll probably put those in the show notes. So basically this was meant to, to again, get the, over the overwhelm so you can get through the ground content because, yeah, all right, so let me just get into it. Okay, so, so here it, it, it was a five-day thing, and we're going to cover this all in this lesson. Uh, and, but the five days were day one is first principles thinking, and we'll talk about what that is. Day two is what you need to learn. Day three is making a plan. Day four is consistency and accountability. And day five is a step-by-step -step Lego building manual. So we'll talk about what those mean. I've seen hundreds of students attempt to be a pilot. Over the years, I've noticed that are very specific and key differences between the, who the, the ones who end up becoming a pilot and the ones who end up failing. This guide is going to detail the specific things that these stu successful students are doing that the unsuccessful students are not doing. Successful students are using the concept of first principles thinking to overcome their problems. First principles thinking was made famous by billionaire Elon Musk, but it has been used for generations. First principles thinking helps you break down a problem at the fundamental level and understand it from those fundamentals only before coming to a solution. Actually, a lot of engineering and innovation, innovative type companies have these first principles thinkings built into their, their models and meetings and processes of how they come up and solve problems. This guide breaks down the problems of overwhelmed procrastination and not having enough time when it comes to ground school material using first principles thinking. If you follow these five steps, you will end up achieving your dream of becoming a pilot much more likely. So it's much more likely that it will become a pilot because when you have a good fundamental understanding of the ground school, it makes flight training so much easier. And on the flip side of that, the number one reason student pilots fail is because they do not have a good understanding of the ground content. So do not just bypass ground school. Do not just buy the test prep book and, and study enough to to memorize some test questions and pass the test because it's really going to come back to bite you in your flight training. We talk about always staying ahead of the aircraft mentally. And if you do that, you're going to be behind of the aircraft. And then, so what happens is you start having to redo lessons or you start making mistakes. One that stresses you out, that makes you feel like you're inadequate as a pilot. And then you also, your instructor is going to make you redo lessons, ground lessons, flight lessons. And that really adds up in your bank account. And it gets to a point where you just can't, most people can't afford it. So that's, that's the number one reason people quit right there. So this is a guide, a hack, some things you can do to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I'm just reporting to you the facts and the truth of what makes a student pilot successful. It's up to you to make it happen. So day one is first principles thinking. And actually, before I continue, I just, I want to take one step back and 
and say, I don't think I highlighted enough. This is a bonus course inside our online ground school. So when you purchase our online ground school at parttimepilot.com, you get this course as well. And it's a bonus course. It comes with PDF downloads, videos, all the stuff which we'll talk about. I wanted to put it out in audio because I think it's really, really important. I did this as a, a free giveaway a while ago, but it was so valuable that I added it as a bonus course. And I don't think I'm going to give it away for free other than here in this in this podcast. So with that said, just it's a bonus course. So if you're in the online ground school, go check out your bonus course. It's called Five Step Study Hack, Pass Your Written Exam. And without further ado, let's get started on what day one is. Topic number one is first principles thinking. So first principles thinking was recently made famous by billionaire Elon Musk when he stated he uses the method to solve engineering problems and come up with ideas for new companies. In fact, most good technology or engineering companies use the first principles thinking method in some form. But the concept actually goes all the way back to Aristotle, who believes in understanding things at their most basic fundamental level to gain a clear understanding of why and how that thing works and exists. So that's that's really cool. I mean, that's like going back to the ancient texts of of Aristotle to to figure out problems. And it makes you wonder. It's like, I don't know if you guys ever watched those history channel shows and or seen like ancient aliens where they're like, how could these ancient civilizations have ever figured this out? It must have been aliens, right? Aliens came down and gave them this technology. And it's like, well, maybe they had a more simpler, clearer vision of how to think. And that's, you know, that that's what I think it is. <laughs> so what is first principles thinking and what the hell does it have to do with studying for your private pilot exams? The answer is everything. So let's first define it and then relate it to preparing for your exams. First principles thinking is a process that breaks down a problem into its core fundamental principles. To do this, one first has to rid themselves of any biases or assumptions they have of the problem and start from the absolute truths of or first principles. The reason for ridding yourself of the assumptions of a problem is that you are removing the possibility of reasoning by analogy. Reason by analogy is the most common type of reasoning used by humans. Reason by analogy can be defined as understanding one thing in terms of another similar thing. If you observe properties and truths about one thing and then see some or all of these properties and truths in another thing, you might reason that these two things are similar or equal, right? Let's say, let's say you see a person with like certain political beliefs, right? And, and you say they're, oh, they are a, a Democrat. And then you see another person with similar, other similar beliefs and you, you associate them as a Democrat. Well, it's not 100% chance that they are a Democrat and the same, obviously same goes for Republicans. I just picked Democrats as an example, but it's that reasoning by analogy that can get us in trouble, right? It's not always the same. And that's kind of like goes along with stereotyping and things like that. And that goes along with everything, not just people and politics and all that. So can you think of a way that this method could help you for something like the private pilot exam? So if you study multiple practice tests about the concept of density and aircraft performance decreasing with altitude, then you will associate bad things for the aircraft with an increase in altitude, right? So as altitude goes up, which we haven't got to in the ground school, but as altitude go up, goes up, the air density goes down and aircraft performance goes down. So you might associate rise in altitude with negative things for the aircraft. Then when the time comes for the actual FA written exam, you might see a question about the effects of hypoxia as altitude increases. And because you associate bad things with a rise in altitude and decrease in density, you might reason to select 
the answer that says hypoxia gets worth worse as altitude increases. And in this case, you would be correct and reasoning by analogy is your friend. But can you also think of a way that reason by analogy could hurt you on the FA written exam? Let's take the same example as above where we're associating an increase in altitude with bad things or negative things. But what if this time you get a problem on the FA written exam that asks you what happens to the indicated stall speed as altitude increases? Well, if you use reasoning by analogy, you would associate an increase in altitude with negative things, and thus you would reason that the indicated airspeed your aircraft will stall at will increase as altitude increases because an increase in stall speed is, is a negative thing. You, you want stall speed to be real low and away from your current airspeed. In this case, reasoning by analogy was not your friend because actually the indicated stall speed remains the same with altitude. So that's, I gave the example of, you know, like stereotyping people by reasoning by analogy. And then I gave an example of doing this on an actual FA written exam, multiple choice exam. Reasoning by analogy might be enough to get you a passing grade on the FA written exam. So there might be enough things where, where reasoning by analogy and sort of using analogies to trigger your memories to remember test questions and, and relationships might be enough for you to pass your FA written exam. This is why weekend courses and test prep practice question banks are so popular for student pilots. It's a quicker way to study and it might just get the job done. But let me ask you something. Do you think this sort of reasoning will work when the FAA examiner asks you this question on your checkride oral? Imagine you are in your checkride and the examiner gives you a scenario where you take off and climb up to 6,000 feet. Then they ask if the aircraft performance has increased or decreased. You tell them that it has decreased because the density of air decreases. So same, same example as before, right? Then, but because you're on the FAA check ride, the examiner is going to probe deeper than just a multiple choice question. So then they ask you if the effects of hypoxia has increased or decreased, and you tell them that it's increased. They then ask you why, and you say that the density has decreased. They say, okay, but be more specific. Tell me why the decrease in air density increases the effects of hypoxia. Well, now, if you don't understand why the fundamental principles of why hypoxia gets worse, right? You just understood the relationship. You're screwed if you do not understand the fundamentals of this concept. And then as soon as an FAA examiner on your checkride starts to see that you're getting something wrong, they're going to probe deeper and deeper about to the nuts and bolts of the concept. So the whys and the hows. So all you know is that things get worse with altitude. If you had known the fundamentals of the concept, you would have known that an increase in altitude causes a decrease in density, which means there are less molecules of oxygen present per unit volume of air. Hypoxia increases, the chance of a hypoxia increases when oxygen supply decreases in the blood because the cells in your blood deliver less oxygen to your lungs and everything, every part of your body. So reasoning by analogy rather than with first principles will not work for real life piloting and passing your FAA checkride. It might work for the FAA written, but it will not work for real life piloting and passing your checkride. And it might just cause you to end up failing as a student pilot once you get to the point in flight training where you start getting behind mentally behind the aircraft because you don't understand those concepts. You just know the relationships or the analogies. This is why understanding the core fundamentals of your ground school content is the only way to pass both your private pilot exams. In day three, or in today, possibly, or maybe the next episode, we will also explain to you why 
understanding the core fundamentals of your ground school is also the most affordable way to get your private pilot license. Now that we know how reasoning by analogy works, let's talk, let's get to talking about how you should be reasoning as a pilot. And that's first principles thinking. First principles thinking can be broken down into three steps. I explain each step below and how you can implement it into learning the ground content for your private pilot's license. So I'm, I'm reading off of this, this PDF that we give our students. So when I say below, I'll get to it, but that's because I'm kind of reading it. Some of this off, some, some of it I, I go, I go rogue on, but identify and def- so number one, identify and define your current assumptions. The way your mind currently thinks of a problem creates bias in your future decision-making. If you think something is going to be difficult for you, chances are it will be. This is why it is so critical to rid yourself of all pre-existing thoughts, biases, and assumptions you have of a problem when learning it for the first time. This first step is simple to implement if you are coming into your pilot training with no previous aviation knowledge. But even if that is true, there still may be some concepts that you have assumptions and biases about. For example, you may have an assumption of how weather systems works. Instead of trying to tie this pre-existing assumption with what you are learning in the present, remove this assumption and start from a fresh perspective. Example, you may have grown up with the phrase, red sky at night, sailors delight, red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. I've, I've definitely heard of that. If you hold this assumption, you may associate the hazy sky in the morning, which makes it a red color with bad weather. But in fact, the opposite is more often true because this phenomenon usually points to a stable and high pressure system approaching, which indicates good weather for pilots is on the way. Number two, break down the problem into its fundamental principles, facts, and truths. Now that, we, now that we've removed all previous assumptions of the problem, we have a clean slate that we are working from. From here on out, we want to make sure that our slate is only filled with 100% proven and accurate facts and truths. We start with the most basic and fundamental of truths about the problem. This is what Elon Musk did with electric cars. The world was saying that batteries for cars are too expensive to make electric cars financially viable to compete with gas-powered cars. Elon took this pre-existing belief and threw it out the window. Then he broke down the expensive battery pack into its most fundamental truths and elements. One, what are batteries made of? Two, what is the market value for each of these, these materials? Three, where can we purchase these elements for the best price? Once he did this, he found that he could purchase all the materials necessary for the batteries at one-fifth of the current cost of electric car batteries. That means that four-fifths or 80% of the cost of electric batteries in cars is in the manufacturing of the batteries. Now he just needed to weigh a new way to, to manufacture them. If he could find a way to manufacture them, something that is 80% of the cost, and drive those costs down, he might be able to make it cost-effective, which is exactly what he did. Now let's use an actual FA written question to show this in a more relatable example. So if 50 pounds of weight is located at one point on a, so we have a fulcrum with a plank and the the fulcrum or the plank is balancing on this fulcrum. So if you're in the ground school, you can check out day one of the, of the bonus course and, and see this image. It's also a common image on FA written tests on a weight and balance question. But so if 50 pounds of weight is located at point X, on the left-hand side, 100 pounds at point Z, all the way on the right-hand side, how much weight must be located at point Y? So point X and Y, blocks X and Y are on the left, box Z is on the right. We know that X is 50 pounds, we know that Y is 100 pounds, so what is, or sorry, that Z is 100 pounds, so what is Y over there on the left side with X? And then they give us the distances to each. 
Using first principles thinking, we first get rid of any previous assumptions we may have. This means we need to look at the problem with a clean slate. So even if we have seen a question like this before, we must assume that this is a brand new question we have never seen before. That's, how, that's another way people get in trouble with reasoning by analogy. The FAA likes to just change questions just a little bit, and they might change one or two of the answer options to get people who just reason by analogy say, oh, I've seen this one before. It's this. It's answer C or whatever. And that, that's, that's exactly why they do that. So we must assume that it's a brand new question. The FAA, the FAA, again, has been known to do that. So then we write down the basic fundamental truths of the problem. We write down the distance from the fulcrum to each of the blocks. We write down the pounds of each block that we know. And then we write down the, re the relationships, the mathematical laws that we know, that a balance plank occurs when the left side's mo moment equals the right side's moment. And then we know the equation to calculate moment is weight times arm. Now we have a slate of nothing but facts that we can come up with a new clean solution for in step three of the process. Notice that all of the above truths, only two of them were not given to us in the problem. That means that all we have to do is understand two core fundamentals of balancing a plank. Once we understood those, a solution was possible. So that means you can answer any question if you literally get rid of the assumptions that you have, write down what the problem gives you, and then it's usually just one or two fundamental concepts that you've learned from your ground school that you need to then apply to the given things in the problem. So number three is understand and create a solution for the problem. Now that you have a clean slate and you have filled the slate with nothing but truths, you're ready to find a solution. In the previous plank, plank balance example, we are able to come up with a solution because of our fundamental knowledge that planks are balanced when their moments are balanced and the equation moment equals weight times arm. So those two, those two relationships, fundamental concepts that we know. Now all we need to do is calculate the moments of each block and sum the moments on each side of the plank to see what makes them equal. And if we do that, we find that Y has to be 300 pounds. Not only can you use first principles thinking for FAA written exam questions, but more importantly, you can use it in real life situations in the aircraft. So it's gonna make you a better pilot. This type of thinking is especially useful during emergency situations as it helps you troubleshoot the issue and find the best course of action. Finally, if you're paying attention, I'm using first principles thinking right now in this five-step study hack to help you solve the problems of procrastination, overwhelm, and not having enough time to study. I also use first principles thinking in my design for the lessons in the part-time pilot online ground school. My number one goal was for students to understand the core fundamental concepts that would make them not only pass the FA written and be able to answer any question, but pass their check right because they have a good understanding of the concepts and that shows through to their examiner. And then finally, so that they can be a safe and competent pilot. All right. Okay. So now we're moving on to day two, which is on what it is you need to learn or lesson to if you're in the bonus course. It doesn't have to be days. I, I just originally did this one day at a time. So it amazes me how many students don't understand what it is they need to do and learn to become a private pilot. I can't stress enough how helpful it is to have a good understanding of what is required of you at all times. In fact, the combination of the rules, regulation, and requirements put forth by the FAA are most of the fundamental truths or first principles in the problem of getting your pilot's license. For example, say you are on your way back from a dual cross-country flight with your flight instructor and you are 30 minutes early. And let's also say that you are nearing the end of your flight training hours and starting to think about your check ride. 
You have two and a half hours of flight by instruments logged so far. Now, if you knew that you needed three hours in order to qualify for your check ride, then you might jump on this opportunity and say, can I put on the foggles and get the rest of my instrument time in? But if you did not know what is required of you, then you wouldn't jump on it. And instead, you would have to complete an additional flight just to finish your instrument hours. That's $150 to $300 you just cost yourself. A lot, huge mistake student pilots make. And one that I make is we expect that our flight instructor or the flight school we're at to keep track of that and tell us that things and look out for those things. But they don't. They, I mean, and it's not their fault, but like they just... They want to fly and rent planes and make money and, and they're doing their jobs to make money. Right. And we're hiring them. So it's it, it's it's on us. You can't expect them to do that. And if you understand your requirements, you can find things like that and save yourself money that might make or break it for you at the end. The same goes for ground training. Knowing all the topics required for you to learn and your current status, of those topics will help you save time, energy and money. So how do we do this? Well, luckily, the FAA provides us with more than enough information in what they call the Private Pilot Airman Certificate Standards, or ACS. I, I'll put a, a checklist of everything that you need to learn in, in the show notes. But the ACS details every ground topic that you need to know, every flight maneuver you need to be proficient in, and it even tells you what your instructor and examiners need to look for in each of those subjects in order to deem you proficient. So all you need to do is go through the private pilot ACS and write down the required areas of knowledge. Lucky for you, we have already done this for you. And again, we have made that checklist. So if you're in the online ground school, you can click, just click on it and download it from the PDFs in your five-step bonus course, study hike bonus course, or I'll put the, the show notes up. I'll put that checklist in the show notes for those that are listening on the podcast. So now that we have a list of things that we need to know, we just need to track the things we already know and the things we still need to learn. And so that's the whole point of the checklist. In the part-time pilot online ground school, we do this with testing our knowledge with quizzes and practice tests and using the following status criteria. If you did not have to think twice for one second on a problem and got it correct when you did the practice test or quiz, then you have mastered it. No need to focus hours of studying on the subject for now, just before your exam, make sure you review it and are still a master at it. But for now, it doesn't make sense to review large sections of this problem. This is something that you think is simple, but something that I used to do. I used to, I have this sort of like perfectionist almost mindset and I would be reading a textbook and I'd be, you know, okay, I need to read, I need to, I haven't read this chapter yet, right? And the first part of the chapter, maybe it's like five pages on stuff that I know really well. Just in my mind, it, it, it's almost like OCD. I had to read those first five, those first five pages, even though I already knew that stuff. I had to read it because in my mind, I wasn't complete until the whole chapter, every single page and word was read. But you don't have to do it like that. <laughs> if you have a checklist and you understand what's required of you to know, you won't be missing anything. You don't have to worry about missing anything. And yes, we want to read everything. We want to know everything. But if you've already learned it, Let's not spend more time on it. Let's be efficient because, again, time, we need to make time our, our ally. And we already have busy, busy schedules. That's why we're part-time pilots for now as we, as we go through these as a student pilot. So let, let's help ourselves out. And when that happens, when you've mastered that problem, when you didn't have to think twice for one second, mark it complete on your checklist. 
If you got the question correct, but it took you a long time to remember how to answer it, or you had to kind of guess, then you are close, but have not mastered it. You need to sort of go through it a couple more times. Maybe there's one concept you're missing, or perhaps you just need to keep it fresh in your memory. So do not mark it complete on your checklist. If you got the question wrong, then you have not mastered it definitely. So don't mark that either. So only mark the ones done when you, when you didn't have to think about it. Finally, focus the majority of your time and effort on the areas that, you're, that are not checked on your checklist. Once you have spent time reviewing these areas again, test your knowledge again once more and repeat the process of checking off subjects on the checklist. This will save you time, energy, and stress and keep you laser focused on what you should be studying. Studying, And this is exactly why in the online ground school, we, the first step we have is a previous knowledge, knowledge assessment. And it's basically a long FA written test. It's optional. So if you don't have any aviation knowledge, that's okay. We're, we got you covered. We've had plenty of those students. You can check out our reviews at trustpilot.com. Just search part-time pilot. You can see a lot of people are just starting out. You know, they, they have no math skills or aviation skills and they do totally fine in our course. So this is this is optional for those that have no aviation experience whatsoever. They just skip this. They get straight into the lessons in our in step two of the course. But a lot of people come over from different ground schools that they were maybe disappointed with, couldn't connect with or couldn't understand things with. Or maybe they they already tried their private pilot's license at a, a different time in their life. And now they're coming back. So they have some previous knowledge. So this is meant for them. And what it does, you take that test, you see what you already know. And then we have you download that checklist and that way you can laser focus your study and be more efficient with your time on what you actually need to know and learn. And then once you have once you've gone through those and you have a good understanding of the stuff that you didn't know, then you can go back and review everything before your final test. So that's how we do it in the online ground school. Right. We find out where your areas are weak. Then we teach you those areas. Then we test you on those areas and we repeat the process. And we even do that at the very end when you've taken your three practice tests for score. We do another report where we look in and we try to find your gaps in knowledge and we work with you over email or through our live lessons. And we make sure those gaps and this process that we go through is why we have never had a student pilot fail an exam. So it works. It's why I've never failed an exam. And it's why we've never had a student pilot fail an exam. You know, I, I mentioned this before that I sort of didn't want to say that, hey, I've never failed an exam because I didn't I didn't want to sound like I was I was bragging or anything. But once after like 100 students have gone had gone through our course and they also didn't fail and now we're up to over 300, I realized that there's something about the way that I go about things that works. <laughs> and that that's not bragging. That's just that's just again, that's a fundamental truth but because it, it, there's the numbers to show it so and i tried to figure out what that was and really highlight those in our course and this is what i'm talking about in this five-step study hack so i hope you're paying attention and listening because these are very powerful things not only to study to pass tests but to just be successful in life all right okay so the third part of the five hack or day three or lesson three whatever you want to call it is called making a plan so on on this first step, told you what the difference between successful student students and unsuccessful students was, that successful students use first principles thinking and unsuccessful students are burdened by the following problems. You know, not having enough time to study, flight plan and fly, not having enough money to pay for lessons, procrastinating because you 
can get away with it, feeling stressed and overwhelmed because there is just too much content. Just so happens that each one of these problems is an assumption that these students already had when they started flight training, and these assumptions have plagued them throughout their training. If they were using first principles thinking, they would have rid themselves of these assumptions. Then they could think from only a clean slate of truths about the issue to come up with a new solution. When this is done correctly, it solves almost every single problem. So now we're looking at the problem of becoming a student pilot. We're making that our problem to solve with first principles thinking. We want to get rid of these assumptions all over social media. You'll hear, look, I run ads. I run Facebook ads to get people to, to see our, our YouTube channel and our podcasts and our Instagram and, and see our site to, to get our name out there, right? And I give good free content and like it's completely free. All you have to do is exchange an email. Like that's it. I'm not I'm not tracking you. I'm not sending you spam. You can unsubscribe whenever I'm giving you free content in return for maybe your interest in part-time pilot. That's it. But people will comment on there all the time. All these assumptions don't have time. Tried it. Not worth it. Uh, too way too expensive. That's the most common one. Too expensive. Okay, so. I mean, is it, is it too, is, are your dreams, like is, if it's your dream to fly and you just want to be a private pilot for, for a hobby, but it's your dream, it, our dream, do you have a price on your dreams? Is it too expensive? Like what, what is too expensive for a dream? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then if you want to make that a career, okay, is it too expensive in five years when you're making over 200000 a year as a, as a pilot, as an airline pilot? Is that is it too expensive then? What about you know doctors? Doctors are real. Uh, medical school is really expensive, but in five years, when that doctor's, you see that doctor driving a Mercedes and and living by the ocean, in a nice house is, is it too expensive now? So you gotta you gotta rid yourselves of these assumptions that it's too expensive. You don't have enough time, and if you really want to do it, you can buckle down and get get that clean slate. Because again, we're we're using first principles thinking to solve the problem of getting our pilot's license. So let's start with focusing on the problem of not having enough time. Okay, because that's a big one. First, we rid ourselves of that thought. We do have time. It might not be a lot, but it's impossible that we have absolutely zero time. If you really, really didn't have any time, then okay, picking up another thing like pilot training, it really isn't for you right now. But obviously, we wouldn't be thinking about it if we didn't think we actually had the time. So let's get rid of that. Second, we think of the fundamental truths. How much time do we actually have each day? Write out every single minute of your day from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep. Is there at least 30 minutes you can find in there to study? I bet you there is. If there is not, again, I hate to break it to you, but it might not be the right time for you to learn to fly. You need something about 30 minutes a day at least to do the ground school. And then when you start flying, you know, you're going to need a couple hours, probably two to four hours a week at minimum. So let's write down how much time we actually have. Let's see if that's true. If we don't have time, let's see if that's true. So write down all the time from the time you wake up, to the time you go to sleep. And is there any free time in there? I bet you there is. How much content do we have to consume? We answered this in day two and you're able to download that in a checklist or step two, we are, if we're consistent with studying each and every day, how long will it take us to consume all the content? 
So from the hundreds of students that have come through our online ground school, we estimate that it takes a total for the average student about 65 hours to consume all the content from starting from scratch. So if you have some aviation experience before, it might take you less. If you are a slow learner, which is totally fine. I sometimes I'm a slow learner. I'm definitely a slow reader. It takes me I have to like reread things and really understand it before I can move on. It's a bit of an OCD. So I'm a really slow reader. So it might take me a little bit longer, right? And that's okay, but that's the average. 65 hours is the average. So that's, so now we know how much time it'll take. We know how much time we have each day. Then can we do ground and flight training separately at different times to not overwhelm us? Is, like, is that a possibility? And the answer is yes, we can. So again, rid yourself assumptions that you have to go to a ground school immediately and start flying immediately at the same time. That is actually something that we highly recommend against. So it's actually extremely beneficial and will save you time, money, and stress if you do your ground training first. So here we're talking about time. That is, it will save you time by doing your ground training first. Before we mentioned that not having that good fundamental understanding of your ground training by the time you get to the more difficult flight lessons, this is the number one reason student pilots fail. So not only is it better for your time, but it makes flight training easier and more likely for you to succeed when you have a good fundamental understanding of your ground knowledge first. So if you haven't started yet, hold off on the flight training until you finish ground school. If you have started yet and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, then maybe take a step back from flight training. You know, if you haven't gotten too far, it would be, if you're only a few hours in, then it's not gonna hurt you to, you know, just start over once you're done with ground training. If you're in the middle of it, then maybe just scale back to once, you know, once a week or enough to stay proficient while you get through the ground training. And what this does, so no matter where you're at, you can you can do this. Obviously, if you if you can handle ground and flight at the same time, go for it. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just giving you tips that will really help. And I'm assuming that a lot of you guys are like me. You're part time student pilots. Maybe one day you want to be a full time pilot. But right now we have full-time jobs, responsibilities. we got to pay the bills. we got to raise kids, all that stuff. So this sort of thing will help for those people. It allows you, when you do ground school first, allows you to focus your mind, time, and money on the one thing at a time. This makes flight training easier, as we've mentioned, and, and more efficient on your time because you'll expect things before they happen and your mind will be less burdened during flight to, and free up focus on the act of flying, navigating, communicating, and allow you to be ahead of the aircraft mentally. With the knowledge of how much time we can dedicate to studying each day and the amount of total hours we expect the studying to take, again, 65 hours on average, we can set a realistic date for when to be finished with the content. For example, if you can study for two hours a day for seven days a week, and we know we need to study a total of 65 hours, then we need 65 divided by two hours or 32 and a half days of studying to complete the content, just about one month. So again, you can study and get through the ground school content if you're disciplined and consistent with two hours a day in just about one month. Think about that, two hours a day. Write down the start of your day to the end of your day. Do you have two hours in there? I bet you every single one of us can find two hours in there. But I understand if you can't, because two hours is kind of a lot every single day. So maybe it's not every day, or maybe you want to do about an hour a day on average. Maybe it's even just 30 minutes. Those things, you can do the same thing. You take 
65 divided by one hour a day, that's 65 days. So just be consistent for 65 days. Now it's just a little bit over two months. 60, maybe it's half hour a day. If you're consistent half hour a day, 65 divided by half hour, that's about 130 days. So that's just over four months. That's not that bad. If it's, look, fall and winter is coming up. So in most places, you're going to have bad weather anyways. Start the ground training now. Do 30 minutes a day. And by the time the good weather comes around, you'll be ready for flight training. Okay, step or day four, consistency and accountability. So in steps one through three, we have explained how to use first principles thinking. We showed examples of how you will use this in flight training and piloting every single day. We started to use a technique to break down the problems of procrastination, overwhelm, and not having enough time, right? We just talked about that time piece. When it comes to our ground school content, we rid ourselves of these assumptions to tell ourselves that it is possible. We do have time and we don't have to procrastinate and make it hard. We then filled our clean slate with nothing but first principles. The time we have in a day, the content we need to study, how long it's going to take us total, and the options we have for scheduling. So if you're in the, this is audio and I didn't tell you guys about the homework, but if you're in the online ground school and the bonus, after each day I give a little homework assignment. And this one after, after step three was to then come up with the truth data numbers that we did on those examples. So for yourself, so write down, you know, from the start of each day to the end, how much free time you have, come up with a realistic schedule of how much you time to finish the ground content. Whenever you face a hurdle in life, a difficulty or problem, Remove your assumptions about it and start with the first principles or the truths. Okay. And that's what we're doing here. So I just wanted to repeat that so that I think it's important for us to remember that we can do this with every single problem that we have. Everything, every single assumption that we have relates to a problem, right? So it's too expensive. Let's get rid of that. Okay. How much is it going to cost? How much can we save? Let's make a plan. All right. And we did that with time. So we did an example that if you could study two hours a day, every day a week, you could finish your ground school content, 65 hours total in about a month. So again, two hours a day might not be practical. In fact, it probably won't be for mass vast majority of you because of your full-time job, kids, family duties, et cetera. We kind of talked about that right now. Let's use an example of someone who can only afford 30 minutes a day. So we, again, we kind of talked about this, but that means 130 total days, which is just just about four and a half months. So now we just need to make sure we follow through on these plans. What are some tricks we can use to do that? So the power is in the consistency and the habits. You've heard the phrase slow and steady wins a race. This relates to the power of consistency. Consistency, consistency has to do with habits. If you have a habit of doing something, it is super easy to be consistent at it. In fact, you don't even have to think about it. For me, I have a habit of drinking coffee, exercising and drinking green juice every day. If I don't do one of these things, something just does not feel right. And I'm sure we all have something like that. I also have bad habits like eating late at night and sweets. These habits are easy to do, but very hard to stop. So things that are habits are super easy to do and they're hard to stop, even when they're good habits. So if we can make studying a habit to the point where we don't even have to think about it, before we know it, we will have ground school out of the way. So the question is, how do we make studying a habit? Well, I have a few tips. Number one, small victories. If you said that you can afford 30 minutes of studying a day and you find that you are not being consistent at this, then I highly recommend doing even less. Yep, less than 30 minutes a day. Make it 15 minutes or however small you need to make it. 
so that you can and you actually do it every single day. Even if it's five minutes, start off with five minutes. I, I recommend 15 minutes, but if that doesn't work, go 10 minutes. Then if that doesn't work, go five minutes. Just try to get consistent every single day. Again, the key is consistency and habit. Once we've made the habit, it will begin to become easy and you'll find that you are spending more than, so let's say you did 10 minutes a day, right? Because that's the only one that you could do every single day. You'll start to realize that once you make a habit, without even realizing it, you're spending more than 10 minutes a day because you'll be immersed in the subject and you see the progress that you're starting to make. It starts to be a habit and you can, it's much easier to increase it from there. The subjects will start to connect then and you'll find that you in, you'll start enjoying checking the boxes off of studying every single day. So again, use that checklist. And then we also, I didn't mention this, but there are some calendars that you can download if you're in the online ground school. So depending on whether you think you have two hours a day, one hour a day or half hour a day, I made some calendars. So what you can do is you can write down the lessons each day in the calendar of what you accomplished. And this, this will give you that dopamine rush of that small victory. When you write down the calendar, you can post it on your wall or on your, at your office and you can write down every single day the lessons you got through or even just write down 15, how much time you did every single day. And that is going to give you a small rush of, of feeling good and accomplished. And it's very, very important. I know it feels like nothing, but it's very, very important. So breaking down your studies into small achievable sections will help you with your consistency, as we've been talking about. When you look at all the content you need to study for ground school, you will become overwhelmed. But if you sit down and say, OK, all I need to do is read this lesson or watch this video and do this quiz on drag and I'm done for my day. That'll be 30 minutes. Let's say you have 30 minutes a day. That'll take about 30 minutes. And that's all I have to do. So if you just look at it and take it one day at a time and you win that day, you succeed at that day, one day at a time, then it becomes so much less overwhelming. You can check that off and boom, you just had an achievement. And how good does that feel to know that on this day, you accomplished something that, and got one step closer to your goal of being a pilot, which is more than 95% of what of aspiring pilots, right? There's only a small amount of even people who try to become a pilot, let alone the people who aspire to be it, but never try that actually get to what you're doing. And if you can just do one step a day, you're doing more than most. And I'm not kidding when I say this, it's absolutely critical that you are proud of your achievements every single day from here on out. So when you sit down, those listening, you sit down, your goal is to read and watch one thing a day, try and break it down one thing a day. Let's say example, it's on stalls. So we, we did the example on drag, then the next day might be stalls, and then the next day might be load factor, and then might be left turning te tendencies. And you can use that, those calendars, and you can write that, these lessons on your calendars. And then each day you celebrate your accomplishment with a, a check mark or writing it on your calendar, a check mark on your subject area checklist. And then what also you can do, what I love to do, and this is the hack part, another part of the hack, you should now reward, reward yourself for finishing the section on aerodynamics. So let's say, you know, you do lift, drag, stalls, load factor. You do those one, one each day. And then after 10 days or whatever, you finish all the lessons on aerodynamics. And then give yourself a reward for finishing that larger section. 
So maybe it might, and it can be real small guys. So it's just a, something a little bit more than that check mark for each individual lesson. So it could be something you've been wanting to buy, but haven't pulled the trigger on. Maybe it's a, you know, a shirt, some shoes, something. Maybe it's even just as small as like a pumpkin spice latte or something. Or uh, maybe it's one of your favorite foods. Like maybe you've been eating really healthy, which is great. And you can reward yourself with a pizza. Or maybe it's a movie night with, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, family, whoever. Or maybe it's like a, a guy's or girl's night with your friends, right? And in the Part-Time Pilot Online Ground School and our Facebook study group, we encourage students to post about their wins so that we can use the feedback and encouragement of a positive community as a reward for our work. So that's another way you have a community, people doing the same things, people understanding what you're going through. That community encouragement can really, really be that reward for your work as well. So try to come up, give yourself as many little victories and rewards as possible. They don't have to be big things. You don't have to be go spending a bunch of money on yourself. They can be real small things that you enjoy. All right. The next thing is enjoyable studying. And I kind of hinted at that when I said enjoy here. But when you think of studying, how do you feel? I bet you feel maybe overwhelmed, stressed. I remember I a lot of times I would think of like all nighters, right? You procrastinate until the end. And when I had an all nighter coming, I just like dreaded it. I dreaded doing that studying. But it doesn't have to be this way. If we're consistent and make it a habit, it will come easy. And I learned this about in college. So for me in, in like high school and things, things came more easy. But then when I got to the more advanced stuff, I really had to sit down and study. And the first couple year or so, I I did the procrastination thing, right? And I would just feel so overwhelmed about all that I had to do. And I just think about it and procrastinate to the very end and really feel feel scared and, and loathe that all-nighter. But then I realized that it doesn't have to be this way. If we are consistent and make it a habit, it will come easy to us. The biggest trick that I have to creating a new habit is to make it something that you want to do or you enjoy doing. So one way to do that is just try and have a different mindset, mindset about studying. Try and think about what you are actually learning. Right. So an example is like weather stuff. I had I love it when student pilots, they, they go through the certain section and they're like, wow, that's so cool. Like I just had a guy, he uh, messaged me and he said, you know, I was with Kings and they didn't even go into any detail of how the the inner systems of the instruments work. And I said, like, you know, yeah, it could be a little bit of overkill, but I really felt like understanding the principal fundamentals of how your altimeter, airspeed indicator and stuff work on the inside really helps you understand the reading that you get and why you're getting that. And if if your system is failing, why why it's reading this way or that way? And it really makes you a better pilot. And the guy just thought it was so cool. He was so pumped to be learning that thing. And he just thought it was so cool. And that mindset, or I had another person, a, a lady, she, she said she was starting to, to predict weather on like vacation trips from reading our weather section. She could sort of predict fog conditions and things like that. And she said her, you know, her family just thought she was a genius and, and, and was like Nostradamus, you know, and just having that cool perspective, that, that mindset about studying, that you are studying cool things. 
I like to think about it like when I'm learning all these cool VOR navigations, the old school navigations, analog things and planes, like, like what if there was like a zombie apocalypse, right? And I had a plane and like I could take my family in a plane and go fly to a remote location and use all these navigation skills that I learned, these weather skills to survive and all these things, all these skills to navigate, survive in, you know, in, in these different conditions to survive something like, obviously I don't want a zombie apocalypse to happen, but like you're learning a cool skill. You're learning different, a lot of different things to become a pilot that that are that's really cool and having that perspective that it is cool and that mindset that it is cool what you're learning can really make studying a lot easier so that's that's one thing but another thing is to actually physically make it more enjoyable so you can wear comfortable clothes comfy clothes you can have while you study your favorite snack or drink while you study you know as long as you're not going to fly the next day or anything maybe have a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey or a beer or a soda whatever whatever your favorite drink is Play some music that you like. Maybe it's your favorite music. As long as you can still focus on it. What I do is I like to listen to like global music in other languages. Because I still find that I I like the beats and things, but I can't uh, understand the words. And it actually, I stay focused because I can't, I'm not, I don't get caught up in the words. So I stay focused, but I still like listening to it because the beats and the rhythms are, are still great. And then study in your favorite part of the house or at your favorite part of the town or a park or, or a cool coffee shop, like find a physical location. There's many, many studies on your surroundings, like how they make you feel and the mindset they, that they impart on you on your surroundings. So if you have this desk at home, that's just full of crap and there's, I don't know, you know, kids running around or garbage everywhere or something like, you know, try and find a place, you know, maybe go outside and, and, sit under a tree or something find a place that, that makes that feel lighter and better so that's a hack is to try and make your studying more enjoyable you know pair it with something enjoyable so that you actually look forward to it. have that better mindset okay the next is accountability keeping yourself accountable can be hard uh having a friend or spouse to help remind you when you haven't kept up with your studies can help immensely uh, luckily for you guys, uh, I can be that friend and the fellow students in, in the part-time bot online ground school can be that friend. And what I've started doing is I started going live, which is now bi-weekly because I found that I was going live weekly, but I found that people don't come up with enough questions for me weekly. So bi-weekly works better, but I go live every night. I send a zoom link out to our students and I answer their questions. I, I see where their progress is, give encouragement, right? And keep them accountable. If you have something like that that you go to on a, on a routine basis or just our Facebook group, you can't make the lives, you can watch the replays. But just on the Facebook group, you can post, you know, your progress in there. And that will help keep you accountable. And another way to do that is to set a date to take your FA written and to actually schedule the test. Inside the online ground school, we actually have a halfway point where I say, okay, let's set a date. I want you to set a date. You can always change the date. You can always change it, but let's, let's set the date. We know we've, we've scheduled out our calendar. Let's set a date that we got to be accountable to. Uh, next is your study plan. So to, to overcome, that's the next hack to overcome procrastination and make studying a habit. You need three ingredients. You need a plan, you need consistency, you need accountability. 
So here's how we're going to do that. And in, in the, I have a link in, in the, in the bonus course in the bonus lesson for the five step study hack. And I'll put this in the show notes, but it's a study template, study plan template I've created for you guys and gals. And I want you to choose the one that's right for you. And these are, these are again, what I'm talking about. So these are the, the calendars, the study templates. So you pair that with your checklist and you have an exact plan. And so I'll put those in the show notes for you guys who are listening as well. And you can, you can come up with a time you contribute to studying each night and with the calendars and with your checklist, subject area checklist, and with the live streams and Facebook group and scheduling your FA written, you're going to have the tools to the unique solution we have just come up with to overcome the problem of procrastination, overwhelm, not having enough time to study. We've made a plan. We've set ourselves up for success to, to make it a habit to know what is required of us to have, you know, the friends to keep us accountable, someone to answer our questions. Like I can, I'll answer your questions on the live. We set ourselves up with a plan and success. All right. So the last step. So step five is the step-by-step -step Lego building manual. What, what the heck does that mean? So at this point in our five-step study hack guide to passing our FA exams, we've learned about first principles thinking and how to use that as a student pilot or pilot. Then we use this method of thinking to develop a unique solution for overcoming the problems of overwhelm, procrastination, and not having enough time with your ground studies. This solution included understanding what is required of us, making a plan based off fundamental truths, and sticking to that plan using consistency and accountability. We also taught you several tricks on how to become consistent to create the habit of studying eat such as making studying enjoyable, changing your mindset, studying in small segments, and celebrating small victories. The fifth and final hack, you could say, is to find a ground instructor, ground school, or ground material. I kind of alluded to this in the last one. Whatever you choose to do based on your learning preference that uses real-life step-by-step procedures and examples that are simple and straightforward, just like the procedures found in a Lego building manual. So in a Lego procedure, each and every block placement has a specific step and specific image and direction. This is the easiest and most effective way to learn a procedure. Simply put, you cannot learn the concepts and procedures of flight training at their fundamental level without content that breaks each concept down in easy to understand words, describes the procedures in detail without skipping steps, and provides real life examples to make the concept more relatable. So make your life easier. Choose content to study with that breaks the concepts down into simple, easy to understand step-by-step -step examples. Examples I have found are the best way that student pilots learn the, the concepts, the procedures, the math, all that stuff. It's all about examples, step-by-step, -step, not skipping any steps. The one thing that I hated about my ground training was the examples that I found in all my you know test prep books or online ground schools at the time were so rudimentary. It was the most basic of example, right? It was just like, do this, 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 and this, and then you're good. And then of course, all the problems you see on the FA written or in real life are nothing like that. It's like, well, we didn't account for this. We didn't account for this. So I am huge on examples. And that's why in the part-time pilot online ground school, we have a ton of examples. And if I ever find an example that I don't think is in part-time pilot ground school that might be on your test, I include it in there 
so that you have, again, every single step, step by step. Examples are the best way to learn something. Real life examples, you can relate it to real life. So make sure that whatever study content you choose has these real life examples and they explain them just like a Lego building manual. So, and why do I say Lego? Well, think about it. So, like, I don't know, when I was seven, five, I remember building this like pirate ship and castle. This pirate ship was like storming this, this seaside castle. And I built this whole thing, Legos, when I was like five, six or seven years old. Like, how is that possible? Like, do you understand the, the, the simplicity? I mean, Legos are pretty simple. There's just blocks. I get that. But like the instruction manuals, I remember them. They just had a picture of a block, an arrow, and then, you know, how to orient them on the other blocks. And it was so simple, but it was every single step in detail and so easy that I could do it when I was five, six or seven. So that's what I'm talking about with these step-by-step Lego building manual kind of examples and procedures. So an example for uh, flight training. So a very popular private pilot test prep book uses one page of definitions and one example to explain the concept of weight and balance. The example is a simple one that asks you to determine if the CG is within limits. So what happens when you come across a question that asks you what the maximum amount of baggage is or what to do if the CG is too far forward or aft and is is out of limits by a certain amount of inches? Or how do you balance a plank? They don't show the plank example. There are, so what do you do with the plank? Do you include the weight of the plank? Like, do, do the moments on each side have to equal each other on a plank? They, they don't talk about that one, which is on the FA written question, a written, written exam. There are several more real-life situations and examples that these simple test prep books do not explain in detail so that when you get to the actual thing, you don't have a full graft of, uh, grasp of this concept. You just sort of, again, you're reasoning by analogy if you don't see that one example and they, they do have a lot of test questions besides that example, but then you're stuck searching the internet to find how to do that particular example. And it's like, why not just get the content like a online ground school, like part-time pilots that has all this in there structured for you so that you don't have to do all the searching and it, it builds upon one another. And it's just this, this syllabus that works for you. Uh, so part-time pilot online ground school tries to make every procedure just like a step-by-step Lego manual. I kind of mentioned that. That means that for every build or every problem, there is a separate and detailed step-by-step procedure with images and examples. So for weight and balance, there's a step-by-step example for determining the CG location. There's one for how to move the CG location, what to do if the CG or weight is out of limits, how to balance the plank, what to do with that plank weight how the CG changes when weight is added, removed, or moved. And if you're following along on the the study hack bonus course, you can see an example of that. Or if you're in the online ground school, you know what I'm talking about because you're in the the school. And you can see the the examples that we're going through in step-by-step detail. So weight and balance, we have eight steps, seven or eight steps, and they're all detailed. They're color-coded. And again, a step-by-step with detailed explanations in plain English that you, everyone can understand. So in summary, make sure that the content or instruction you choose is able to break down the concepts at a fundamental level using simple words and real-life step-by-step examples like we do at Part-Time Pilot. You don't have to choose Part-Time Pilot. Just make sure 
that they do this because it'll make your life so much easier when you have that good content, that good instructor that can explain things in metaphors, concepts, and examples that you can understand. Okay, so that's it. That's been the five-step study hack guide. It's a bonus course in the online ground school. You can go through the course, each lesson. You can watch the video. You can download the checklist, the calendars that we talked about. And then each day or step lesson, whatever you want to call it, has a video. And you can download these PDFs as well. So please check that out. Watch those videos to, to get more information on this. If you're in the ground school, if you want to get in the ground school, again, just go to parttimepilot.com and click on online ground school. We'd love to have you. You can join the Facebook group. You can join us on our biweekly live lessons. We'll keep you accountable. We'll have a good time. We'll encourage you. All that good stuff. So thank you guys for letting me do this for this lesson. I think it's very important to every once again, once, once in a while, instead of going through the sort of those lessons of the ground school content, I want to give sort of some bonus help on things that you guys have told me, student pilots have told me that are the biggest and most difficult things to get over as a student pilot. So we'll probably do some more of these, maybe do one on like saving money during flight training, how to find some scholarships and other things like that. I got some, some ideas. So stay tuned for that. But next episode, episode 14, we will get back to the lessons we finished off the section three on pilot cert certifications, qualifications, and regulations. And we're on section four of the online ground school, aircraft airworthiness requirements. And we'll start with lesson one on required documentation. So thank you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. As always, please subscribe, share with your friends and give us a good review. It really helps us out. All right. Thanks. Hey guys, it's Nick. I want to take a second to speak directly to the student pilots out there. You might be a student pilot that is, you know, wondering what to do next, how to get started, or maybe you're looking for the right ground training or flight training, or maybe you've already started ground training or flight training and you're stuck, you're in a rut, and you're looking for a change, something to help get you out of that hurdle. From my own experience in flight training, after three years, five instructors and $22,000 and wanting to quit multiple, multiple times. And then now after seeing hundreds and hundreds of student pilots through part-time pilot, I've realized that the number one thing that makes student pilots fail is that they do not have a good fundamental understanding of the ground training when they get to the more advanced flight lessons. Now, who here has seen Top Gun Maverick? Do you remember in the movie when he says, don't think, just do? Now, when I heard this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is brilliant because this is exactly what you have to be as a pilot. Now, of course, it's not that we're not thinking, but it's that we understand things like weather, aerodynamics, what our instruments are telling us, what ATC is telling us. We have such a good core fundamental understanding of these things that we don't have to think about them. And when we don't have to think about them, we can instinctively feel and fly the aircraft, look out for dangers and avoid emergency situations. 
if we do have to think about these things, it's going to put us behind mentally and we're going to be behind the aircraft. And when you're behind the aircraft mentally, bad things happen. And this happens when you don't have a good understanding of the ground school content. So now the first 10 to 15 hours of your flight training can go smooth, even if you don't have a good understanding of ground training, right? You can go up for a discovery flight, have a blast. You can go up, learn how to take off, learn how to land. You may be even able to solo for the first time, fly a plane for the first time. Everything's great and dandy. But once you get into, you know, bad weather flying or flying at heavy, heavily trafficked airports or speaking with ATC for Bravo clearance or cross-country flight planning and flying solo on a cross-country flight, things get a little more advanced. And when this happens and you don't have a good understanding of the ground school concepts, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to start to get behind the aircraft. When this happens, if you have a good flight instructor, they're going to stop you and they're going to say, okay, we need to do one-on-one ground lessons. And now you're going to be paying your flight instructor to not even fly with you, but instead $50, $60, $70 an hour to just teach you the ground school content that you should already know. And and the worst part is, is you're not flying with them. So the flight training that you gain, the currency, the proficiency that you gain is going to be lost and you're going to have to redo those lessons. What happens to most student pilots is they continuously hit these mental blocks where they get behind the aircraft they start making mistakes and then they catch up with the ground knowledge only to have that happen again and they start to get in this vicious cycle of having to redo trainings and repay for trainings until it gets to the point where them or their family they finally say you know what this has to stop we can no longer afford the training costs uh, without any progress you know and they end up quitting now so how do we avoid that well, here comes part-time pilot. Again, I said I went through my own experience of this and I realized that most flight training and ground training is not tailored to the modern day student pilot. And when I say modern day student pilot, I just say modern day part-time student pilot because let's face it, there's a very small percentage of us that can go and dedicate 24-7, 365 to our flight training or not even miss a beat and be able to pay for flight training without working. So most of us have a full-time job or maybe a part-time job. We have kids, we have family, we have school. We have all these other responsibilities on top of flight training. And most of these flight trainings and ground trainings are not tailored towards you. And so how is it the part-time pilot tailors to the modern day student pilot? Well, the first way we do that is by keeping ground school interesting. You want to avoid being boring. You want to avoid that burnout. So how we do that is we present our material in multiple, multiple ways. And you're actually listening to one of them right now. You can consume our content via this podcast and an audio recording. You can do this while you're running, while you're driving in traffic. Again, tailoring to that busy part-time student pilot. Or you can read through our written lessons. You know, I like to read. So for those of you that like to read, you can read through the lessons. You can see the step-by-step examples and the procedures that we have. Or you can look through our study guide and see our diagrams and mnemonic devices, have that visual cue, those visual cues and aids that help further your understanding. Or you can watch our videos 
or you can take our quizzes and practice tests to reinforce what you just learned. And then finally, you can join us live weekly for our live Q&A and our live lessons so you can see in real time these things taught out and these examples done in real time. And then finally, you can utilize our group community to form study groups, get questions answered 24-7. All of this is tailored for the modern day student pilot to keep ground school interesting, keep it from being boring, keep from having that burnout, and to find ways that you can consume the content throughout your busy schedule. And guess what? It works. We've had over 350 student pilots come through, take and pass their FAA exams without a single student failing. That's right. A single student has yet to tell me that they failed either their FAA written or their FAA checkride. So that is just proof in the pudding right there that our concepts, the way we explain things in plain written English, and the way we give you multiple ways to consume this content is working. So if this sounds like something you might be interested and you want to come join us, we'd love to have you. Just go to www.parttimepilot.com, click on Online Ground School, and we'll see you inside the Online Ground School. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.